Hello, Wisdom from the Word of God listening family. I'm excited today to bring to you a guest preacher, the proud pastor of the St. James Missionary Baptist Church from Texarkana, Arkansas. He's a great preacher of the Word of God, and it's my hope and prayer that something is said through this vessel of the Lord that will encourage you and to keep you and to correct and direct you and to lead you in the path of righteousness. And now, without further ado, Pastor Larry Jordan. Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. says, at times I might shut up the heavens, 
so that no rain falls. Or command grasshoppers to devour your crops. Or send plagues among you. Verse 14. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sins, and restore their land. That's enough to talk about for a few moments. You'll be seated in the presence of the Lord. You look at your neighbor, give them a great big Sunday afternoon smile like you glad to see them at church. Look happy if you're not happy. Just look like you are. Say, neighbor, oh neighbor, God is willing to turn things around. God is willing to turn things around. I said, God is willing to turn things around. A lot of times you hear people make the statement that uh, what's to come is going to be better than what's been. Well, I come to say what's to come can be better than what's been. Matter of fact, a lot of people start out their New Year resolution saying to others, this is my year. This is going to be a better year for me. But I come to find that by the time they make it to December, they're saying the same thing about the next year. Simply because their life has always been the same year after year after year. And really, my brothers and sisters, I come to tell you, just making a statement that your year is going to be better don't mean your year is going to be better. Because if you continue to do the same thing that you did last year, you're going to continue to have the same thing year after year. My brothers and sisters, I thank God for the word. Because in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle Paul wrote Timothy a second letter. But at the end of that first chapter, he says, all scripture is inspired by God. Yeah. In other words, you got 66 books. And all 66 books are inspired by God. But then he says that's something that you got to understand. You can't just get rid of the Old Testament and hold on to the New Testament because there's something in every book for each one of us. Paul says that it is useful for teaching us what is true. If you ever want to know the truth about your situation, all you have to do is get in all 66 books. Because in every book you can learn something that will help your life along the way. Yeah, yeah. 
He said, it is good to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. When you start getting into the word of God, it helps you to recognize that there's what's really going wrong in my life. I'm in the choir, I'm in the church, I'm in the pulpit, I'm preaching, but seems like ain't nothing going right with me. It might be something that you're doing that you need to find out and you can only get it from the word. Whenever you go to the Word, the Word tells you and helps you realize what's going on in our life. Then it says the Word is good for correcting us. When you're wrong, the Word is good for correcting us. My brother is older than I am, and when me and my baby brother came along, there were some things we learned from them. We learned what not to do. The stuff that they did that made mama mad and made them get that stitching cord, we learned not to do it. And then the stuff that they did to make mama happy and made mama want to bless them with some stuff, we tried to make sure we did exactly what they did. So when you get into the word, you learn what to do and you learn what not to do. You learn what makes God happy, and you learn what makes God upset. Yeah. And so the word of God is good for correcting us, then it teaches us what to do is right. Yeah. And so yeah. when we learn from my brother and what to do, we did our best to try to make mama happy. Because as long as mama was happy, she would bless us. But when mama wasn't happy, she would put something on us. And when mama would put it on you, you'll never forget it. I come to tell you, just like mama put out a whooping, God does the same thing. And a lot of times people think just because I'm in church, because I accepted Jesus Christ, ain't nothing going to go wrong. But sometimes God has to get us. Because we are contrary to his will and his way. So, my brothers and sisters, this morning we're looking in 2 Chronicles, chapter number 6. Solomon, the son of David, had just finished building God a temple. And in chapter 6, he's dedicating the house of God to the Lord. And in his prayers, he prays a whole lot of things. And then we come to find in the midst of his praying, we find that he's asking God that when the people of God sin against you, he says, and God, when you punish them, he says in verse 26 in chapter 6, uh, he says, if you shut up the heavens, yeah. he would only shut the heavens up because of their sin. Well, if you shut up the heavens, then there's no rain. If the grasshoppers come to devour their crop, if there's pestilence, if there's undercurable diseases, if you send some plagues, if the enemy were to bring them in captivity, he said, Lord, when they look back at this place, when they come back to this temple and they ask for forgiveness, Lord, please forgive them. So my brothers and sisters, he's dedicating the house of God. He says, God, when they, if they have disobeyed you and sin has come in and you've carried, let the enemy carry them off into captivity, if they look back toward Jerusalem and look back toward the temple and Lord, they pray for forgiveness, Lord, hear their prayer. Yeah. 
Why do you think that when Daniel was over in Babylon, he opened up his window with his eyes toward Jerusalem and he was looking toward the temple and Daniel prayed three times a day? Yeah. Simply because he knew that Solomon had dedicated the temple. Yeah. And he knew that if he looked back toward the temple and focused on the Lord, that God would hear his prayer. And so Solomon prays this long prayer in the midst of the people as he's dedicating the temple. And then in chapter 7 it says the fire came down and consumed all of their sacrifices. And then it said the presence of the Lord filled the temple to the point that the priests couldn't even carry out their duties. Because God was in their midst. Solomon dismisses the crowd. The crowd goes home. Solomon goes home, gets in his bed, and gets ready to take his nap. While he is napping, here comes God. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, right here is where we can learn simply because a lot of stuff that's going on in our lives is not because of the enemy. Some stuff that's happening in our lives is because God is trying to get your attention. Everything bad is happening didn't come from the devil. Some stuff God put in your life. My brothers and sisters, I come to tell you, I heard him when you told Jeremiah to tell my people that's in captivity, I know my plans for you. In other words, my plan ain't for you to be in captivity. My plan ain't to destroy you, but my plan is to prosper you. He says, that you, my plans are really that you may have some hope and that you may have a future. God said, look at here, the stuff that you're going through really ain't what I want to happen in your life. But I come to tell you, when you get out of the will of God and out of God's word, God will let some stuff come in your life. Yeah. My brothers and my sisters, just because you're going through don't mean he won't turn it around. But I come to tell you, before he turns some stuff around, we gotta do something. Before he turns some stuff around, we gotta do something. Look, look with me, with me. If you haven't closed your Bible, he's in verse 13, he says, At times I might shut up the heavens, that there is no rain. There are some people who are experiencing a drought. In their blessings. Yeah, go ahead, go Your ahead. prayers are unanswered. Mm-hmm. Look like the more you pray, the worse it gets. Yeah. My brothers and sisters, rain is important to us who are crop growers. We plant our gardens, we need some, some rain. The farmers plant their cotton, they need some rain. Beans, soybean needs some rain. Farmers are praying for rain because if there is no rain, then there is no crop. And if there is no crop, then my brothers and sisters, some people are going to lose some financial gain because there's no no rain. Even I'm praying for rain because my horses need some rain. Because if there's no rain, there's no hay. 
And if there's no hay, I ain't got nothing to feed them. That's right. That's oh, right. my brothers and sisters, my cow needs some rain. Because if there's no rain, there's no hay. And then if there's no hay, my cow will begin to die. So some of us here are in a drought right now. God has allowed some stuff. You got more bills than you got money. Rent and, and, and stuff is going up, but your pain is going down. You've been praying for a new job. You've been praying for a better job. It look like ain't nothing moving. Ain't nothing coming through. It look like you're in the midst of a drought. My brothers and sisters, many of us may have more problems than we do answers. Matter of fact, like my grandma said, baby, if it ain't one thing, it's another. Matter of fact, some of us say, I feel like Job, but I come to tell you, all of us in here ain't like Job. Job was being chastised because he was perfect and upright. Some of us are being chastised because we're out of the will of God. I know when you're going through, you want to compare yourself to Job. Child, I'm just like Job, but it ain't one thing as another. You ain't some of us ain't just like Job because some of us ain't living like the Lord told us to live. So now you ain't like Job. You are catching a whooping from the Lord. Yeah. Listen, 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 listen. He says, he says, if, if I shut up the heavens and send no rain, then he goes on and says, he says, at times I might command the grasshoppers to devour your crops. Well, Somebody here may have experienced some losses. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Lost your job. Yes, Lost a house. Yes, Lost an automobile. Mm -hmm. Lost a relationship. Yes, Lost some friendship. Well, some of us in here may have experienced some losses because of our disobedience to the word of God. God has sent by some stuff that will divide. Have you ever had a time where you felt like you had a little money left over? And since you had a little money left over, you was going to do something for yourself, baby. I, I finally got a check. I got a little something, something left over. And I'm going to do something for myself. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes a bill. Here comes a situation that sucks up that little that you have. And it still ain't enough to cover what you got to do. My brothers and sisters, the Lord has sent some stuff that will I come to tell you, rich people ain't really as rich as they think. I wish I could call Red Fox from the grave. Red Fox said, look at him. I laid down. I was a rich man. When I woke up, I was a broke man. The IS was taking pictures off of my wall because they said I didn't pay no limitation. When God show up in your life, if he come like a grasshopper, he can consume wealth. You can be rich one moment and broke. The next. Yeah. Yeah. God yeah, yeah, he says, he said, if I decide to send the grasshoppers, they devour your crop. He says in verse 13, at times I might send plagues among you. My brothers and sisters, we're living in a time now, people are scared to go to the doctor. Because every time they do a test, they hear somebody coming up with an uncurable disease. Turn around, cancer finds it everywhere now. If you ain't careful, you'll get it in your toe. Cancer is everywhere. 
doctors have no cure for cancer. There's only one somebody that can take care of cancer. And that's God himself. All the doctor can do is practice on you. But I know a God that don't have to practice. All he has to do is speak a word and cancel a driver. But my brothers and sisters, we're living in a time now that there's sickness and disease everywhere. Matter of fact, when man has done all they can do, they're calling the family and tell the family, well, we've done all we can. Call in hospitals and take them home. Make them comfortable as possible because they won't make it till in the morning. But can I tell you something? When you got God working on your side, man can only put a question mark because God is the only somebody that can put up here. So the Lord says, if I, because of the sins of my people, decide to send in the plague of diseases, he said, I want to tell them, just because you're going through, don't mean I'm through. He said, tell them I'm willing to turn things around. Anybody here need the Lord to turn some things around? He said, tell them I'm, I'm willing. Uh, uh, they my people and I still love them even though I'm putting them through some stuff. But I'm willing to turn oh, some things around. I, I, know, I know they're suffering right now but tell them I'm willing uh, to turn some things around, but quit it. I, I want to know. I want. I want to know what is it, God, that I need to do so you can turn something. What, what is it that I need to do? Touch the name. Say name. You got to do something. You got to do more than just come to church. You, you got to do more than just being a member. You got to do more than just sing in the choir. You got to do more than just being a preacher. What is it that I need to do? God, I don't got habits What, what, what do I need to do to turn? So God can, he can, he can, he can turn uh, uh, things uh, around. What, 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 what do I need to do? I'm glad you asked me. I'm glad you asked me. Right there in your Bible, if you hadn't closed it, he says, we got to do something. He says, if my people. First of all, we got to recognize who God is upset with. God is not upset with the sinner man that don't know him. God is not upset with the young lady wearing her dress too high and don't know him. God is not upset with the man selling drugs that do not know him. God is upset with his own people, when his children are acting just like folk in the world. Those are the ones that God is upset with. Listen, listen, what do you mean? What do you mean, preacher? I'm glad, I'm glad you asked me. Listen, I, I, uh, as a matter of boy, uh, got coerced by some of my friends to go and get into something I had no business. And, and so, and so, uh, mom got news that I had gotten involved in something I had no business. And so when I got home, mama had got out work early and mama was at the house. I knew something was wrong because mama was at home early. She'll never leave work. But she was at the early. 
And so when I went in the house, Mama said, how was your day? I said, Mama, day was good. She said, go ahead and put your backpack down. Come here, let me talk to you. Let me, let me talk to you. She didn't call nobody but me. She called me in the room. Let me talk to you. I said, okay. And when I looked in the corner, Mama had some Fifth Ellen switches. And they was all twisted up. And they were long. And then Mama grabbed me by the hand. And she started whooping me. And she started whooping me. And she started whooping me. And while she was whooping me, she was preaching to me. She was telling me that why I was getting a whooping. And then when she got through with me, I went to school the next day. I had a long sleeve shirt in the middle of summer. I had a long sleeve shirt on. My friends were laughing because they know that I got a whooping. And then when I went home, I told Mama, I said, Mama, my friends didn't get no whooping. Mama said, the reason they didn't get no whooping is because they didn't belong to me. If they didn't belong to me, they got the same thing that you got. So God ain't mad with somebody that don't belong to him. Yes. God is upset with us who belong to him. Yes, yes, yes. I, just, I just want to know what I need to do so he can. Touch the day and say it's personal now. It's personal. It's personal. It's personal. Nobody else going to turn around. I need to know what I need to do so he can. Turn things around. Listen, listen. It's right here in your Bible. If you ain't closing up, right here. The first thing he said: If my people who are called by my name, number one, humble themselves. You see right there, number humble themselves. You you gotta humble. Humble means submit ourselves to the will and the word of God. That's it. Fix it. Yes, yes, yes. yes. You you in church? But how humble are you? How, how are you submitting yourself to the word and the will of God? Yeah. When, when, when you are humble, you're saying, not my will, but let thine will be done. You, you remember Jesus said, I came to do the will of my Father who have sent me. Matter of fact, in the garden of Gethsemane, he had looked in the cup and saw what he had to go through. And then he said, Father, if there's any other way that man can be saved, let this cup pass from me. But then Jesus spoke up and said, but not my will, but let thine will be done. If God is going to turn some stuff around in our Lives, we gotta submit ourselves to the will and the word of God. Yeah. You can't continue to do your to my you do you and I do me. No, 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 no. Until we submit, until we submit, until we submit ourselves to the will of God. I mean, you can't act like you want to act. Do like you want to do. Well, I'm grown. Last time I checked, ain't no grown folks in the Lord house. He said, unless you come as a little child, you shall no way enter into this kingdom. I come to tell you, God ain't got no grown folks. The only somebody grown in his house is him. And if you want the Lord to turn some stuff around in your life, you got to learn how to say, Lord, not my will, but thine will be done. He said, my people call by my name with humble themselves. The next thing he says that we got to do is, touch the nation, we got to do something. We, we must pray. Yeah. It's right, right here. He says, if they will humble themselves and pray. You see, churches done got away from, from praying. We have all other types of meetings, but we won't have prayer meetings. 
Folks don't hardly pray at home. They're mad because ain't no prayer in school. But if you pray at home, teach your child how to pray. At home, your child can pray at school. They can't stop a child from praying at school. But we don't even pray at home. He says, if my people would address him, when you pray, you address God with adoration. That means when you go to him, you show God some great affection. But when I call him, and I often call him, sometimes I call him over and over. Sometimes when I finish, I hang up and I call him back. And I just want to tell him, God, how awesome you are. You are a kind God. You are a loving God. You are a merciful God. Matter of fact, God, ain't nobody else like you. Matter of fact, God, all these other little G.O.D.s cannot compare to the God that you are. You got to go to him with some adoration. Matter of fact, when I say, Amen to hang up. I think of something else. I call him again. I said, Lord, it's me again. I just want to tell you, I thought about some stuff you've done for me, and I want to tell you, you are an awesome God. Yeah. When you pray, you got to address God with some adoration. Then you ought to address God with some confession. The Bible says if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you. Why do we need to confess, brother? I'm glad to tell. I'm glad to tell you, unconfessed sin is just like an unpaid cell phone bill. When you don't pay your cell phone bill, they don't come to your house and collect your phone. They put a nice message on there for us who are trying to reach you. These callers are not not taking calls at this moment. They used to make folk know that you had paid your bill. They would say, this service has been temporarily disconnected. <laughs> Folks then know you ain't paid your bill. But for those slow folk who ain't caught on yet, when they say you ain't accepting call, they think you're well, they, maybe they talking to somebody else on the line. No, 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 they ain't talking to nobody else on the line. Matter of fact, they ain't talking on the line, period. If they hear, ain't nobody hearing them. <laughs> So unconfessed sin disconnects us from God and so we can be in here praying but our prayers ain't went nowhere. The only somebody that heard the prayer is the one that's standing around you. That's why when you go to him, you got to confess your sin and don't be talking to but That's why you got to have secret closet prayer. Secret closet prayer is sometimes when you get in the car, ain't nobody but you and him. Tell God what you have done. Don't talk about we all have sinned. That's public prayer. But secret cause of prayer is tell the Lord I lied and I need you to forgive me. So he said, if my, my people who call by my name would humble themselves, and, and then he said, pray. Pray is confession and then supplication. Supplication is when you make your request known unto God in a humble manner. You see, my mother you know, had five boys, and she would look at our feet, and she could tell our shoes was run over, but she would never go buy us a pair until we asked her for a pair. 
She, she knew we need some shoes. She knew. She knew we need some shoes. And when she said, let us keep on going with the old shoes on. Just keep on let us go on. And then finally, we said, Mama, I need a pair of shoes. She said, I know you did. I was waiting on you to ask you. That's what the Lord said. He said, I know what you need even before you ask. But then James said, you have not simply because you ask So we got to make our... Make, make our, our request known unto him. And then and then in our prayer, we ought to have some thanksgiving. You see, when somebody do something good for you, you ought to tell them thank you. They didn't have to do it. So when the Lord answered your prayer, you ought to tell him thank you. Matter of fact, before he answered the prayer, you ought to tell him thank you. Matter of fact, you ought to act like you already got him and just go into a thanksgiving prayer. Just start thanking for what he's already done. Thank him for what he's doing right now. And then thank him for what he's getting ready to do. You see, our problem is we spend more time complaining then we do thank him. Yeah. If, you start, if you start thinking, you can't help but thank him. Yeah. If you start thinking, you can't help but thank him. Yeah. If you start thinking, you can't help but thank him. Because he woke you up this morning when I start thinking about the goodness of the Lord and all he has done for me, my soul. Yeah. Christ, hallelujah. And so, and so, if we want to turn, turn things around, we, 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 we got to humble ourselves. Yeah. And then we got to pray. But I saw something else. I saw something else. I saw him say, and seek yeah. his face. Seek. Search out. Seek. Inquire. Seek. Desire. Seek his direction. He, he, he says, seek my, my, my face. Yes, sir. You, you, you got to desire uh, God's direction. Proverbs 3 and 6 says, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. He tells us that we got to seek him. Uh -huh. Seek God's direction. When you start seeking the, the, the kingdom of God, my brothers and sisters, God will show you which way you ought to go. Yeah. Our problem is we ain't seeking law. Well, no. We ain't desiring his direction. Yeah. A lot of us have been in the school and rubbed our heads on some, some walls of education and we act like we know it all, but baby, let me tell you something. That's why stuff ain't turned around because you're still trying to do it your way, but when you start seeking God's direction, God will show you exactly where you need and who you need to deal with. Yeah. And Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek God's way of doing things first. And all the other stuff all that other stuff is going to be added unto you. You worried about the house, seek God. You worried about a spouse, seek God. You worried about a job, seek God. Seek God's way of doing things first and all this other stuff. Is going to be be added. My brother said, "Sister, touch your neighbor." Said, "God is willing <coughs> to turn things around." Something else we need to do is turn from our wicked ways. <laughs> turn from our wicked ways. You can't continue to treat folk like you treat them yeah. and expect God to turn 
things around. I heard the scripture in Romans 12 and 2 says, Be not conformed to this world. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The New Living Translation says, Don't copy the behavior of the customs of this world. Jesus said in a couple of Sunday school lessons ago on the Sermon on the Mount, He was telling us how we ought to respond to folk that hate us. Telling us how we ought to deal. I tell them, God don't hold you responsible for how folk treat you. He just holds you responsible for how you respond to their treatment. Then he says, and it says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. You see, I tell people, change ain't easy. Now, folks, my child, I just want to lose some weight. I just want to get back down to this dress. I just want to lose some weight. Change ain't easy. It's easy to say what I need to do, but it's hard to get it done. Paul said, if there's going to be a transformation in your life, you got to renew your mind with the word of God. Because if you don't renew your mind, you just can't come here on a Sunday morning, on a Sunday morning service, and then to my child, I mean, you need to pick that Bible up every day and get you a rhema word. What's a rhema word? It's a right now word for your right now situation. You got to renew your mind with the word of God. The more you put that word in you, the more you'll see some change. Change the way we think. You see, I tell people that they had a nursery rhyme that came when I was a lad of a boy. And I know it had to come from the very pits of hell. Because it says sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But then Proverbs says that death and life is in the power of the tongue, and we eat the fruit thereof. What he was saying to us here that the words that comes out of our mouth materializes in our lives, and that's why we're in the shape that we eat. When folk come up to you trying to come beg you for a dollar, first thing you say, I'm broke. Well, you just spoke brokenness into your life, and then you wonder where your money was, and then you don't want to go nowhere, you tell folk, I'm sick, and then you wonder why sickness takes over your body. I come to tell you, you got to learn how to speak some positive stuff in your life. You got to speak those things as though they were, even though they don't look like it. You got to learn how to open your mouth and say the right stuff. Touch your neighbor and say, you got to say the right stuff. That's what's wrong with our children right now. We get mad with them and tell them, we tell them, you ain't gonna never be nothing. Your daddy wasn't nothing. You ain't gonna never be nothing. You gonna be just like your mama. You ain't gonna never be nothing. And then you wonder why your kids act like they ain't nothing because you don't smoke some stuff into their lives. You gotta tell your child you can be the president. You gotta tell your child you are more than a conqueror. You gotta tell your child you are fearfully and wonderfully made by the Lord. Then he said, we got to renew our mind. <laughs> I'm about ready to go now. With the word of God. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. God's will is good. Sometimes people come out, well, child, I guess the Lord didn't mean for me to have nothing. So I just learned how to be complacent. The devil doesn't lie. 
The scripture says in Deuteronomy, he says, I want you to be the head, not the tail. Above and not beneath. A lender and not a borrower. God didn't mean for me to have to go around borrowing all my life. Matter of fact, Jesus said in the New Testament, I came that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. So the more you renew your mind with the word of God, you come to understand God's will for your life. God's will for my life that I may be a light in this dark world. That somebody may see Jesus in me. How can I tell people God is good when I'm always bothered? How can I tell people God is good when I'm always sick? How can I tell people God is good when I ain't never got nothing? God said that ain't where my plan's for you. My plan is to prosper you. So when you get into his word, you'll know what's pleasing in his sight. A lot of times we don't get stuck because we ain't pleasing God. You see, I tell my children when they were growing up, if you please me, I ain't got no problem pleasing you. If I ask you to take out the trash, I need you to get happy with it. I mean, I need you to do it like yesterday. And when, when you come to me, uh, I have no problem with giving you money for the mall. I have no problem with giving you a little extra cash on the side. But when you can't please me, hello somebody. Yes, I pull my money out and lay it on the table. Let you know I do have money. But I let you know since you didn't please me, uh, I ain't finna please you. And you see, I heard David say in Psalm 37, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. In other words, whatever the Lord is asking you to do, you ought to try to live your life to please the Lord. Because if you please him, then the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. When I was a kid coming up, my granddaddy used to tell me, look here, uh, grandson, the Lord don't give you what you want. He just gives you what you need. I said, yes, sir, yes, sir. And I went around thinking that thing for years until I got in the word. And I come to understand a desire ain't always what I need. Sometimes a desire is some stuff that I want. Yeah. Well, 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 how, how you say that? I said because I'm driving that truck out there and I needed a vehicle. Now the Lord didn't have to give me that truck. He could have gave me an old beat down, run up, broke up truck, but he got me from point A to point B. But he allowed me to go and pick the one that I desired to get, and he blessed me to get it. So he gave me the desire of my heart. I didn't really need it, but he gave it to me. I didn't really need it, but he gave it to me because if you please him, he will please you. I got to go. I just wanted to turn some things around. Let us know things that are good, pleasing, and perfect. But then God is willing to turn things around. I've had some low days in my life since I've been on this journey with Jesus. I've had some time where I got repossessed cars. They came and took them all back. But I had to find out what it is that was going wrong in my life. 
I was hanging out at the church, singing in the choir, uh -huh. attending Sunday school. But I think was still falling apart in my life. And I wonder, I wonder, Brenda, what it was that caused me to go through so much. Oh, I thought maybe, maybe, maybe I'm going through a job situation. But I had to step back and listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said to me in this word, you gotta do something so the Lord will turn things around. Ain't it alright? Is there anybody here need the Lord to change some things around? Ain't it alright? Turn it around, turn it around. 
standing around. Nobody know your situation. But you and the Lord said, turning around, standing around. Said, neighbor, one Friday he died on the cross, laid in a body too. But the God we serve turned it around, cause early the third day morning he got out of the grave. Ain't he alright? Say yeah, say I said, turn around. I feel the turn around spirit in here. Standing around, standing around. Talk to me and open your mouth. Say, neighbor, he's going to turn it around. 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 Yeah, he's going to turn it around.
He'll turn it around. Amen. He'll turn it around. My, my, my. He'll turn it around. I want him to turn some things around. I know, I know. Amen. things around. Thank you, Lord. I'm so excited. You, Lord. I'm trying to keep them jumping through this mic myself. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, yes. Turn it around. Turn some things around. The doors of the church are open. They've always been open. And they will be open until Jesus comes again. Amen. Might be one year. Don't know him in the pardon of your sin. Every time I turn around, God blessing me. Every time I turn around, God blessing me. Every time I turn around, Every time I turn around, God blessing me, oh Lord. He's blessing me right, right now. Every time I turn around, God's making a way. Every time I turn around, God's making a way. Every time I turn around, every time I spin around, God's making a way. Oh Lord, He's making a way. Right, right now. Every time I turn around, God. Every time I turn around, every time I spin around, God's blessing me. Oh, He's blessing me right, right now. There may be one here that don't know him. God was talking to his people when he said, If my people that are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways he would heal but if you don't know him he can't turn your stuff around that's right that's right that's right brother. you got to know him before all that happens now you, you you're gonna be still in your sins and trespasses so you you gotta get saved first yeah yeah you got to come to him as humble as you know how put down your pride and say, Lord, I need you in my life. Ask him in. Ask him in. Lord, come live your life through me. And then he can turn some things around. Otherwise, you're still in your sin. So you can come right now. 
You can have a relationship with the Lord so that you will be able to ask him anything and he'll deliver it. There may be one. There may be one. One thing I do know is preaching and prayer goes together. There may be somebody that's going through something. Might be having a yoke around you so heavy you can't carry it yourself. Yeah, yeah. And you want to go to the throne of grace and yeah, talk to God. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. Okay, we see none come yet. There's plenty of good room. Amen. At the cross. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Collins. Amen. Hello, Wisdom from the Word listening family. I want to thank you for listening to the episodes of this podcast. If you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, I have a big favor to ask of you. Would you go out and give this particular podcast a five-star rating And also, would you add some review notes specifically about what you like about the episodes, what you like about the preaching and the teaching, and I will be eternally grateful. Thank you again for your support of this podcast.